worked very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. Coming up on this week's show, I'm chatting with Danny Searle about his new contract, the club's transfer plans, and the action at the Qatar World Cup. But first, we're hearing directly from the man who's steering the mighty Ballyhale Shamrocks towards Crow Park tomorrow. I'm Sean Connolly, and you're very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. Five counties, one big sports show. Sportsbeat Extra. The imperious TJ Reid returned with a goal in six to help fire his beloved Ballyhale Shamrocks into a fourth successive AIB Leinster Club senior hurling final last weekend. The Kilkenny Kingpins saw off Nace by a scoreline of 322 to 116, although it was not all plain sailing. Now taking time out of his extremely busy schedule, I'm delighted to welcome Ballyhale Shamrocks boss Pat Hoban to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Yeah, all good. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow now, so uh, get excited. I think we're all looking forward to it. And on the eve of a Leinster final with Kilmacud, there's so much to digest, beginning with a very intense outing against a dogged Nays side in the semi-final. It was very much a game of two halves. What were your key takeaways? Yeah, I suppose you've, you've nailed it there. A game of two halves. Um, to give Nays credit, they came out all guns blazing and they, they hit it with everything very physical strong, fast team. We were aware of that and it probably took us a while to, to come to terms with it and thankfully by half time we were we were head, ahead slightly on the scoreboard probably against them on the play and the second half we got two early goals which was in a very strong position. One thing I would have noted from the outside as an avid fan for years is one of the key traits of all of these great Kilkenny sides at club and inter-county level is the physicality that's possessed now, were you surprised that your side seemed to be second best in that aspect and essentially out-muscled in the first half of that semi-final? Yeah, I suppose, look, uh, physicality is, is the way the game has gone. Obviously, there's a huge amount of genuine S&C work, but, um, you know, talk to any of your colleagues involved in rugby, a lot of physicality is, is in the head. And uh, if you're not really ready and prepared for that fight, sometimes you can you can be put back very, very quickly. So... No, I'll give Nace. They were really well conditioned. They were, you know, I'd seen them play, but I wasn't down pitch side with them before. They were huge men and moving at pace. So took our lads a, a while to come to terms with that. In Tom Mullally, they have a man who's well used to that sort of physicality and he has him extremely well drilled. The job that Tom is doing is tremendous, particularly when he's completing that alongside his role as Carlo Boss. Yeah, like to be fair, I'd be familiar with the Nace story, uh, been involved in underage hurling in Kilkenny going back, let's say, 10, 12 years ago. It's actually, it's, I must look it up. Uh, the the area here, there's a, where I live in Dunhamagan, Valley Hale, and Carrick Shock. Uh, they come together in the community games and they actually joined up. And um, believe it or not, in the Leinster final, they beat Nace in a very, very tight game. And the likes of Adrian and Owen and Dean Mason and Evan, Shefflin, they all would have played in that community game. So right back then, they were coming up against the start of this nice hurling revival, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah, bit of history there. Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. Now, a huge aspect of the game was the return of TJ Reid. Obviously, his return is going to boost any side and add a tremendous boost to the dressing room as a whole. Now, coming back for some wonderful news with Neve, just how valuable a weapon is he at this stage of the campaign, despite where he is at this stage of his career? 
Look, TJ is, we all know, probably one of the best hurlers of all time. Um, he's at a stage of his career, he's carrying a couple of knocks, which we have to manage. And, and, and uh, you know, TJ is ultra-professional in how he prepares himself, minds himself. So, you know, if, if we can at all, we'll rest him. But obviously, these big games, there's no there's no, um, there's no, no space for that. So, look, TJ, he's hot in the county final. He probably had a quiet campaign up to that and then just came out of nowhere and turned it on. So, exceptional hurler. I have to ask, given the length of time that he's been in the game and the injuries that he's had to deal with, particularly of late, while obviously being one of the greatest to ever pick up a hurley, do you still see the same fire in his belly today? Yeah, yeah this would amaze me about these guys. You know, like people talk about you know, a lot of stuff in the media at the moment about split seasons and about player burnout. And here you have the likes of PJ, who's, you know, he's played with Kilkenny for, I don't know, 15 years more, played with his club even longer. Like with continuous cycles, you know, county finals regularly, All Ireland series regularly, All Ireland inter county regularly, uh, and still keeps coming and coming and coming. And to be honest, his enthusiasm, if it was greater than it is now, uh, 10 years ago, he was some man because he's bursting for it. I suppose as you get near the end, too, you realise you've got to grab every, every opportunity and uh, make the most of it. Well, that's it. And there's reasoning behind why he's one of the very best to ever do it. Switching attention now to tomorrow's game. A very intriguing battle with a dogged Kilmacud Croaks. Are you happy with preparations leading up to tomorrow? Yes, obviously, game week on week, it's quite tight. Uh, you know, you carry a few knocks from last week. There's very little you can do this week. It's more, you know, you don't want to look too far ahead uh, in advance of a game. So, you know, we never spoke about Kilmacud. We didn't know who we were going to play. So suddenly, you know, come come Sunday night, Monday, you're trying to get your head around that opposition, get a look at some of their games, get all of that into the into the mix. So this week is just about Wednesday and last night, Friday, doing a bit and just getting the the bodies as right as they can, and more importantly, get the heads around. Now, on this side, you're coming up against a dangerous team who appear to have the bit between their teeth. The character that they're showing is commendable, particularly in those last two outings. Yeah, no, very, very impressive. Now, um, obviously, we saw them hurling last week after our game. I've, you know, we've obviously done a bit of research, looked at their county final the game that they really dug out. They showed savage character in it. Uh, they've won two in a row now in, in Titanic battles in Dublin. Last year, they would have been very disappointed with their Leinster campaign. They seem to be in a big groove and um, they've discovered a few new young players, young team. Their pace is frightening. Their forward line is frightening. So, we know exactly what's ahead of us. Absolutely, yeah. And with the squad, is there anything a concern in terms of injuries or availability? Is everybody in reasonably good health going into the game? Ah, look, you'd always have a few knocks, knocks you know what I mean? I said a tough game last weekend. It really was a tough game. Um, we beat Castletown in the previous round. Probably came through that easy enough. So this, this game was a, was a very tough test physically mentally challenging, you know, to get the boys to get back into the game, get up, get up. So we're carrying a few knocks, but um, they'll all be on the pitch, yep. Now, it was announced midweek with the change of throw-in time for the final with the, the hurling starting today. Is this something that has altered the mindset or are you ultimately happier with the time? I suppose the timing is probably going to be more suitable for you given the nature of the game. Yeah, no, I, I think um, for me anyway, I would have had the hurling first. I think hurling is... Um, you know, it's a daylight game, preferably. Small ball, hard to see. I think football is more suitable to be played under lights. For us, time is perfect. We were first team on the pitch. And, um, you know, 
I like early games. They're not hanging around as long and uh, easier to keep lads occupied. Absolutely, yeah. Now, I just want to draw back to you coming in as a management team and the obvious disappointment in what had occurred in last season's final with Bally Gunner. In maybe in small quadrants, there were people questioning motives of the side, the overall cohesion within the team, and also how the group would respond to the defeat. Do you feel that, as a team, you've answered these would-be critics and then some on the field? Yeah, I'm not really familiar with the critics, I'll be absolutely honest. Um, to get asked to be involved with Bally Hale is, I think for anybody who's into hurling, you know, an absolute honour dealing with probably the best club team ever, currently dealing with some of the best players in the country. So to get the opportunity to work with them was something I or the lads with me just just couldn't refuse. I believe other people did maybe turn down the opportunity, but that's um, that's for them. For us, yes, uh, it would be a concern as regards, you know, what's the appetite like, what's the hunger. But uh, once we met with the players, uh, we knew there was something special about this year. It's a big year for the club. There was never any lack of motivation. And for yourself as a former charge for Kilkenny at minor and intermediate level, obviously having tasted success with both, how have you enjoyed the challenge to date at club level with such a historic club on the island? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's, it's been a challenge too. Uh, you come in, we, we, we didn't come and get involved until the end of April, start of May. At that point, Balahir had eight guys involved with the Kilkenny senior panel. And... Um, People mightn't believe us, but we're working off a very small numbers, you know. So part of the summer, we would have training sessions with with single single digit numbers on the pitch. Uh, but we were, you know, we were aware of that. Like being local here, you know, we know the players, we know the club, we know the the culture, we know the setup within Ballyhale. So we never panicked as regards that. Um, when the players come back from Kilkenny, you're obviously, you know. Be concerned as regards they lost in all Ireland. Where will they be mentally, physically? Um, gave the lads a bit of a break, but once they got back in the field, it was an absolute pleasure to work with players at that level and just to see them up close, the intensity and the pure hurling skill that they bring to the field. Absolutely. Well, look, it's a joy to watch from the outside as well. I'm sure when all is said and done, you'll be thereabouts again this year. I know you're extremely busy, so I'll let you get back to preparations. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I wish you the very best of luck tomorrow, and we'll touch base again very shortly. Thanks very much, Sean. Thank you. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. I'm joined now by Waterford FC manager Danny Searle. Danny, as always, a pleasure. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Sean. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. We have a lot to talk about on present day, but obviously I feel it's necessary to just backtrack ever so slightly. And just have a few words and a recap on the heartbreaking playoff final defeat to UCD. Obviously, the club fell to a 1-0 defeat against the students in a very rainy Richmond Park. What were your takeaways on the night? Um, it's a really tough one to take. Um, it, it was, it was e- even worse in the sense because when you watch the game back, which obviously we did, um, we, we dominated pretty much every area of the pitch except for the one that really matters, which is which is those two columns, the goals for and goals against. So I, I was just taking nothing away from UCD. I thought they, they deserved it on the night because we never really worked their goalkeeper. So when you look at the amount of goals we scored in the season, uh, we, we were the top goal scorers in every competition in the country. So to not work the goalkeeper was, was hugely disappointing. But as I've mentioned before, full credit to Andy Myler and his staff and his players. They, uh, they did a great job on us on the evening and, and I thought they deserved to go through. 
it's something I was actually going to touch on with you because having watched the game in full and then watched it back myself, there was so much, I suppose, sustained possession without any real penetration. And I think it was really typified by that spot kick in the 94th minute from Junior, which was even more heartbreaking considering everything that had occurred. How has Junior responded to that? Well, listen, Junior, Junior stepped up and took responsibility. And the bottom line was we was on our knees in the sense of work ethic because we were down to 10 men. We were, we were throwing everything we had against them. And Wasp should have been the one that took the penalty. But I, I don't know if you remember, he was on the floor being treated with cramp and it was it was it was a tough one to a uh, tough one for him to take responsibility for, and he did. And I'm sure him and everyone involved would have, would have, uh, admit that that definitely wasn't what we would expect of Junior's quality. But listen, it is what it is. And and, I, and from a penetration perspective, it was tough because I thought the two centre backs for UCD were outstanding because we actually had 25 shots of goal. And when when you saw that statistic, I was like, that can't be right. And when you watch the game back through, we did, but they blocked everything. And there was a couple of attempts where you're looking and you're thinking, and I know it's all if, buts and maybes, but if the defender doesn't make the block, the keeper's got no chance. It's a goal. And I think full credit to the two centre-backs. They uh, they were warriors on the night. And and I think that, that that kind of pretty much summed it up, as you said, when, when Junior missed the penalty. Ultimately, there's two sides to every single story and there was two teams playing. And UCD, they set out with a very defensive mentality, but it paid dividends. They got the goal, they defended even harder and they were happy to have 11 men behind the ball and break with any sort of opportunities. And credit to them, they did so very well. It was very painful, but ultimately you got so close and there's much to build upon for the upcoming season. Starting off, obviously, with your new contract, which obviously, firstly, congratulations. But Thank you. How did you come to the decision? You've obviously had some time at the club now and maybe the bones of half the season and had some time to develop a relationship with the new owner. Was it an easy decision for you to make? Yeah, I think so. Like, like I said to the, to the media before, we... we um, we had some brief discussions before the end of the season, um, and I'm an ambitious manager. I, w- I want to be successful, and it it felt right because, unfortunately, that my previous clubs that I've been involved with, there was an element of survival as opposed to, to, to thriving and progressing. So, to be in an environment where everybody seems to be on the same page and willing to put in the work and the the infrastructure to want to, to create success, it felt like a really good fit. And and I've really enjoyed working with the players, the staff. I think that it's a fantastic community. And since Andy's came in, he's been a breath of chair with his, with his staff. So it, to a certain degree, it was a no-brainer. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And obviously, as we saw yesterday with the announcement of the new signing in Thomas Alua, all steams ahead for the 2023 season. Just how happy are you with that acquisition? Yeah, look, Thomas was someone I admired through the season. He, he's, he played in an Athlone side that finished second bottom in the league and scored 25% of their goals and finished in the top goal scorers chart. So he's obviously got something that's worth working with. And when you go back and you look at his highlights, you look at his, uh, his clips, you look at his statistics, you look at his age, you look at his profile, he's, he's got a lot of potential. And... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big one for developing players and I think I can make him better than what he is and and he believes that too, hence the fact he's come to us and he's fully fully targeted on not only scoring goals for the club but he wants to be the top goal scorer in the league and when you hear those words come out of a player's mouth 
you think, right, okay, this this lad's a hungry player. He wants to be successful. And like I've just alluded to in our previous um, in the previous question, we want people at the club who want to be successful, and he certainly fits that bill. Yeah, as you touched on, obviously, tremendous goal scoring for a, a side that weren't necessarily near the top or creating massive opportunities to hit the net 11 times, particularly at 21 years old. He really fits the kind of age demographic that's at the squad already, so the transition should be very straightforward for him. Yeah, he, listen, he knows some of the players in the squad already. Um, he, he, has, he has some uh, relationships, which was key, because you want we want to put round pegs in round holes and we want to bring people in that are going to enhance the environment and, and fit in with how we want want to be on and off the field and from a cultural perspective. And he, he as I said, he he ticks all those boxes. So we're, we're really looking forward to working with him. He's We've had several conversations on the phone, um, really positive ones, and yeah, we can't wait to see him on the grass. For any fans that are obviously overjoyed with this signing, is it the first of many? That all I can say to everybody is we are working extremely hard to ensure that we we have a we have a stronger squad than we did last season and and I, I'm not being dis, discrediting any of the players that we had in the squad last year but when we we got to a stage during the UCD game where we really wanted to change things we wanted to um, be a lot more advanced in our in our play you're looking at the bench and it's 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 kids really and without much experience and they would have been gambles that I probably wasn't willing to take at the time and you know we we made the changes we thought we could and we were dominating the game but we need to ensure that when we look on the bench this season we've got players that have got a bit more experience they've got a bit more know-how and knowledge of the league and and they can bring something to the team that's different to what's already on the pitch so um Without giving too much away, yes, there will definitely be more signings. Obviously, squad retention and retention of some key players is at the forefront of a lot of people's thought process at this moment in time. Are you confident in retaining the squad, or at least the vast majority of it? No, I think we we have to we have to look at the squad in itself, and and we we have to identify the fact that, albeit we had success um, in some ways, because look, when I came into the club, we were I think it was. I think it's 11 and 13 points behind Galway and Cork and everyone had pretty much written us off for anything other than just satisfied in the playoffs. Um, the form we hit between myself taking over and the end of the season, we were top of every form chart. We scored the most goals. We conceded less goals. We got to an FAI, FAI Cup semi-final, knocking out two of the top four. We, we had success in certain ways. However, the ultimate goal was to get promoted so, and we didn't achieve that. So we have to look at the squad and say, right, okay, what do we need to do to make sure that if we get put in a situation where we've got an opportunity to win the league, which is what we want to do, who do we need to bring in? Who do we need to retain? Who do we need to maybe let go? Um, and those conversations are going on every day. Um, we've, made, we've made quite a few decisions already, but that will come out within the next sort of six to seven days regards to what we're retaining and what's not going to be at the club next year. It's about as competitive a first division as I've witnessed in recent years. There's some real, real tough teams in there and it's going to be a real dogfight to get out of that division. You're confident that you have the tools and the arsenal to continue on that form from last year and to ultimately regain promotion to the Premier Division? Yeah, look, that's, that's the goal. It's, it's exactly what we want to do. It's, it's what's, what the club needs to do. 
um, myself, the staff, the players that are in and will be will be at the club have no. There's no doubt around what the goal is, which is promotion. And I think we'd all agree that it'd be so much easier if we win the league, as opposed to having to play those four games to to get promotion through the playoffs. Um, I've I said it publicly, and I'll say it again. It, it, it kind of baffles me that we actually are the first division playoff winners, but then didn't get promoted because we haven't got to play another game. And it's 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 a it's an interesting system, um, one that I'm not used to, one that I've obviously got to get used to, but also one that I'm hoping that we can eradicate by just making sure we win the title. Absolutely, and everybody is looking forward to that now. I can't finish up speaking to you without touching on the uh, the World Cup over in Qatar. Have you been keeping a keen eye on it? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Is it coming home? Um, oh, look, I, I'm I'm a realist, and and there's some fantastic teams in in the tournament, and I, I've watched France play, and you just look at their. We talk about strength in depth with Waterford. You look at their strength in depth and the injuries they've got, and they're still putting out world class players. Brazil are always going to be. Uh, a team that's going to be in and around it. You've got some fantastic nations still in the tournament, and there's always that one that shocks everyone. So you've got so much to play for. I don't think Senegal is going to be a walkover by any sense of the word. And even if you win that game, you then potentially get a final anyway in the quarterfinals. So I think Gareth's done an amazing job since he's taken over. We've had a, a, a second and a final at two major tournaments, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that he will get us into the quarterfinals. And obviously, if you manage to get past France, then you, you, you are going to start to believe because the pathway opens up a little bit. Um, but look, it's a fantastic tournament, um, the World Cup, and we're, we're still in it. So I'm a, I'm a big positive person. And if you're in it, you've got a chance. Absolutely. And for everything that was spoken about off the field in the run-up to the competition... I think it surprised an awful lot of people with the, the level of entertainment. It's been one of the most entertaining competitions in, in recent memory and there's been some tremendous shocks in there. I think that's probably been one of the most entertaining factors of it. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm not going to get too much involved in the politics of it because at the end of the day, um, everyone's got their opinions on, on how things should be done and how things shouldn't be done. But I'm hoping that football will end up being the winner and... The, the fans that have travelled out there enjoy the tournament and enjoy watching their teams play. The players out there enjoy playing in it and they, they get the successes that they want. And as you said, I think it's thrown up some great results. Um, Japan, looking, I mean, look at what, what they've achieved so far. They've beaten Germany and Spain, knocking out the Germans. And I, I just, I just, football never ceases to amaze me. And I think that's why it's such an amazing sport because it evolves constantly and when just when you think you've got to grips with it and you know what's going to happen and you can you can look at it and go oh we know who's going to win today somebody goes and wins Saudi Arabia beat Argentina and everyone's like wow how did that happen so um like, like yourself I just love the game and as, as long as I can watch it and focus on just the football and we can leave the politics at the door a little bit um I'm going to try and do that for the rest of the tournament. Absolutely. Perfect way to leave us. Danny, thanks ever so much for your time as always and have a great weekend. Sean, always a pleasure. You take care. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. That's it for this week's show. Continue sending your emails to sport at beat102103.com and continue messaging me through our socials. I love chatting with each and every one of you. 
As always, Beat Anthems is coming up next, but right before that, I want to speak to each and every club and sport and society in the region. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie So how do you fancy winning a grand for your club? If you do, Club Focus is back. Each month I'm getting out and about and I'm visiting clubs in the region, giving them a chance to take their place in the limelight. And that's the feature on air, online and across all of our socials. At the end of the 12 months, one lucky club is going to bag €1,000 bursary. The winning club is also going to be chosen through a public vote, so it gives you a great opportunity to attract new members. Club Focus is part of Beat's ongoing commitment to support the work that local clubs do, while also celebrating the positive impact that you all have in your local communities. So if you want to get your club involved, simply head to beat102103.com forward slash club focus to apply now, and I might be seeing you really soon. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie